Podcast Founder. More podcast where we want you to know God more deeply, find lasting freedom, discover your destiny and make an eternal difference. Now. Oh my gosh, here we are again. Welcome to this week's podcast. Uh, as we've been saying all through the summer, we invite all our listeners to take the more summer challenge. Basically what that is, listen to this podcast every week. And we promise that you will feel more informed, more happy, and now with less calories, more healthy throughout the week. And so we're here to just help you make sure that you have a good summer. And uh, we, we do our best to let, sure, let you know that you have uh, a place that you can go to and get the information you need to make it every day. Now, I'm not going to say we're going to answer all your concerns and questions, but we get to quite a few of them. And so in studio today, behind the mic, the I, I want to, you know, like uh, Rush Limbaugh had the golden EIB mic. You have the wooden, wooden mic. Okay. Because, you know, you're the guy that makes the spoons and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. So uh, behind the mic, I have a man who knows... Uh, what he wants. In fact, he knew what he wanted for dinner before lunch even started this today. So yeah. Pastor Gary's here. All right. He's a man and knows what he wants. That's right. Yeah. Now, Pastor Gary, you said you had an intro for me. I do. I'm ready. And now, behind the microphone, <laughs> the only man who ironed his jeans to get the crease <laughs> down the middle, <laughs> Pastor Alex uh, Norton. Oh, man. If that was not true, that would be great. But it's yeah. so true. Um, <laughs> you like that crease right down. Just it was. Nice, crisp. You starch, get those jeans as <laughs> stiff as you could get them. You know, the funny thing was, uh, before I met you, I never had jeans. And right. And then uh, during my stint with the youth group, at some point, I was coaxed in buying my first pair of jeans. And Yeah. It was a big, it was a big day at our house when you got your jeans. You were I know. pretty excited. I was. I, and uh, and I think you did go right for the Levi red tags. I did, yeah. And uh, went for the big money. <laughs> and uh, so that was great. It, it was, was a very exciting day for you. It was a it was a progression, right? You mm -hmm. know, went from uh, well, I got jeans and I still ironed them. And then I realized I, you don't have to iron jeans. Yep, you can just put them on and uh -huh. take them out of the dryer. And so, yep. yeah, yeah. Uh, just so you know, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I wore uh, blue jeans every single day my senior year. Did in you really? high school, never wore anything else but jeans, and even wore them to graduation when I kind of got in trouble for that a little bit. Did you get in trouble? Even in public school, you oh had to wear nice slacks. But I wore jeans. I uh, I never really uh, thought jeans were that great because, you know, you go to the Christian school here, mm -hmm. and all four years that I went here, yeah. you know, we never, we always wore dress pants. You always yeah. had to be in business casual if you weren't on a Wednesday. Right. And uh, that was the time you wore a tie and everything else, and so... Yeah. Yeah, but you know, when I was in school, I was introduced to uh, rayon pants. You remember those? Uh huh. That are pants that never wrinkle. Right. Right. And they could yep. basically stand up on their own. Uh huh. They weren't polyester. It was like a. Uh, yeah. It was kind of like a nice, nice, a little cool, more silky yeah. kind of. Yeah. Oh yeah. Feel to yeah. Them. And it was you know that was my go to. And then the jeans came. Right. And I never turned back. I, I I mean today I wear them all the time. I mean yeah, that's all I wear. Uh, although when I was in the Salvation Army for 20 some years, I always wore polyester for the whole, my whole life. Right. That's all I wore. Blue polyester. I had more, uh, I had more uniforms than any other pair of, uh, any other kind of clothes. Really? Oh my gosh. My wife and I, when we finally wrapped up everything with the Salvation Army, I had like 30 white shirts with applets, you know, that okay. you wear to, to signify what rank you are. And I had five polyester suits <laughs> in the Salvation Army. Yeah. Wow. So. It was it was interesting. It was a it was a change to coming here. When mm -hmm. Pastor Gary said, "No, you know, you can wear jeans to the office," it was a it was a freeing it was a freeing moment for me. Well, finishing off our seven week series on spiritual warfare, uh, Pastor Gary he sprung a whole new word on us Sunday morning. Uh, if uh, you were there in service or on Facebook Live, you would have heard the definition in this word. But it is such an unused word that a lot of us, when he was mentioning it, before he actually defined it, we're all looking at each other like, what the heck is this word? Uh, no, I don't think anybody in the room could have ever guessed the definition. Uh, but eventually, Pastor Gary, he defined it for us, and, and then it went into a powerful message. It made sense. But the word itself, uh -huh. I think all of us were like, what does that mean? Yeah. Yeah, it was a good word. So the definition, according to the American English lexicon, says that revanchism <coughs> is a French word. And it's defined as a political will or policy designed to recover lost territory or status to get back what has been lost or taken by the opposition. Mm -hmm. That's revanchism. Yes. 
And you said it was first used in 18-something, right? 1871. Yeah. Uh, after the French, it was basically the French versus the Germans, but it was uh, Prussia at that particular time. Okay, yeah. That was the group of people. But anyways, it was the Germans. And, uh, and after they had fought, France lost, but they wanted to get their territory back. And so they started using this term. It, it's based on the word revenge. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that in there too. Uh, it's, it's an interesting word. So we thought it would be interesting to call up our neighbors and friends around yeah. Harbor Light here uh, and find out what they would immediately think of that word when they hear it. Uh, sort of a definition uh-huh. or, um, you know, maybe maybe description of that word. Right. Uh, because it's, it is an unused word, unless you are some political savant that's been, you know, mm-hmm. using this your whole life. Probably Parker Fairburn would probably know this he word. He would probably know yeah, that. He yeah, he probably knows this word. So we're going to call up a couple places. Now, now everybody on the podcast has to be kind of quiet because we're going to pretend like we are a radio station in okay. the area. Yeah. Not a podcast because they might just click and hang up on us. So we're going to call and, and ask them. <laughs> you get no respect. No You're respect. a podcast. Yeah. You have no respect. They're like, podcast? I'm going to answer anything. So we're going to call these places, and you guys are going to be in on the phone call. We're going to ask them what revanchism means, give us a possible definition or their first impression of it, mm-hmm. and see what they come up with. Okay. Okay. So you guys are all in on this. So nobody tell anybody that this is happening, but, uh, and keep quiet. Nobody make any noises behind the mic and we're going to find out what's going on. And Pastor Gary and I are going to try to see if we can get him to answer it. So the first place that I'm going to call is, uh, the BP gas station, uh, in Petoskey here, and I'm going to get them up on the phone and we're going to see what we can have them figure out. So let me get this phone number in here. Um, this is kind of exciting, isn't it? It is very exciting to see, <laughs> to see what they're going to say. Okay, so we are calling them right now. Maybe they'll pick up. Thanks for calling Engine Over Easy Mart. This is Allison. How may I help you? Hi, Allison. My name is Alex, and I'm calling from the Moore Radio, uh, and uh, it's a radio station here in Northern Michigan, one of the best kept secrets. And I wanted to ask you a quick question while you're on the air. Would you mind doing that with us today? Sure. All right. Um, well, we have this word that's been floating around, and we want to see what your first impression is or maybe a possible definition of the word. And you can give us whatever okay. definition you have, and we're going to put it on air, and we promise we're not going to make, make we, fun of you. And we will get you some swag to say thank you. Yes, we will. Oh, you guys are too kind. Yeah, and it could be it could be a Petoskey cheese card. You ever been to Petoskey cheese? No. Oh, it's the best place not. ever in town. All right, so here's the word. You ready for it? Yes, sir. Okay, the word is revanchism. Revanchism. Oh. So what do you think that what word is, means? What is the possible? Any guess? What comes to your mind? Um, I don't know. Can I get a place of origin? <laughs> uh, well, they use Ooh, it sometimes. Yeah, I like that. I yeah, like this. It's, it's like a spelling smart. Yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of used in politics a lot. Yep, and it's a French word. It's a French word. It's not a bad um, word. I'll tell you that. It's not a bad word, but. Okay, well, that's what I was thinking. I was like, hmm, I'm at work right now. I can't do that. No, no, no. It's a, it's um, a legit word. I have no clue. I don't even want to guess. I don't want to be wrong. Okay. What, what would you think your impression would be? If I said to you, you know, this is all about revanchism, what would you think? I would think that you're crazy. I'm cra- Okay, I <laughs> okay. like it. I like that. <laughs> well, you know what? Um, so we're going to get, just because you were on air with us, yep. I'm going to send you a cheese card. I'm going to bring it right to your door. And I'm going to have it given to, your name is Allison, right? Yes, sir. All right. I will make sure that you get this cheese card. And uh, I, I think we're going to probably do a, a $25 value on this one, right? Okay. Sounds good. $25 cheese card coming your way. And we'll You're make sure. Love. Well, I'll tell you what. You can use this, go down there, and you can have yourself a nice little uh, uh, cheese moment and enjoy the summer. <laughs> oh, thank you for my cheese moment. All right. Well, thanks for uh, answering our question. We'll talk to you later. See ya. Yep. Bye-bye. That wasn't so bad. I mean, she yeah. was really nice. She was very nice. She just said that if I said to her revanchism, she said I was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, let's try another she one. She had something, but she wasn't going to say it. She wasn't going to say it. Right. I think maybe people think that this might be a bad word. Yeah. It is not a bad word. Uh, okay, so we're going to call North Star Cafe, one of... Uh, up the, in Indian River. Up in Indian River, and uh, we'll see if we can't get them to answer this question. All right, so North Star, calling North Star right now. See if anybody picks up. Pastor Cafe, this is Haley. Hi, Haley. This is uh, Pastor Hi. Alex Norton. How you doing? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing wonderful. Uh, you are on our More Radio podcast right now, and uh, I wanted to ask you a question to get your impression or maybe a possible definition about a word Pastor Gary used on Sunday. And this is for this is for a real prize. You get 
you get a prize. There's no no wrong answer. No wrong answer. But we're gonna we're gonna reward you for participating. What do you think? You up for it? Um, I don't know if I am, but let me see. It was my manager. <laughs> Pastor Alex Warren, and I'm on a radio show, and he's going to ask me a question for a prize. Do you want to go for it? Pastor Alex? Yes. Jade? No, Jade, do it. Hello? Hello. Who am I speaking with? This is Jade. Jade, how you doing, Jade? Good. Hey, uh, you having fun in your your summer of graduation? Doing good? Yeah. All right. Hey, I got a question for you, and I want you to give me your best answer your best possible definition or impression of the word okay oh, oh gosh this okay is, this is a word that pastor gary used on sunday in his sermon okay you ready for it oh gosh i wasn't there on sunday hey, that's fine we just wanted your impression or possible definition okay here's the word revanchism what I'm is sorry, that what word? It's, it's revanchism is the word what is revanchism po- revanchism yeah if i said to you Oh, this whole thing is all about revanchism. What would you think is a possible definition? Uh, I have no idea. Just take any stab. Take, take and, a stab and, in the dark. Yes. What? How? What's your impression on the word revanchism? Don't look it up. Um, like I don't know, reviving somebody. I, I, I like it. That's, That's a good. great definition. Revising something. All right, so that your definition, first impression is revanchism means revising something. Yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> That's good. All right, so now what's going to happen is because you participated on our live radio show today, I'm going to give you a Petoskey cheese card that you can go to oh. Petoskey cheese, and you will be able to have a little bit more fun this summer. <laughs> Sweet. Thank you. All right, Jaden, have fun this summer, and I'll be probably stopping by for coffee at some point. <laughs> All right, sounds good. All right, talk to you later. Talk to you later. Bye. Yeah, bye. Well, at least we got a definition on that yeah, one. Yeah, we did. And, so, and, and actually, you could almost incorporate that in, right? You're revising territory. Yeah, I like that. I, we could use that, couldn't we? Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, so we're going to call North Perks, and I think my friend Lydia Powers works there. Okay. And she's a manager, and she might be able to handle this question for us. We'll that was see. fun to get Jade on the phone. That was fun. And, and did you notice she was the manager? Yeah, she's the manager for the summer. Wow. That's pretty good. Graduate and become a manager of a coffee shop? Yeah. I like that. Lydia might. They might always be busy. They're like right downtown. Yeah. They might not answer. What if I wanted to put a coffee order in? Mm. This is not good. All right. I think you're coming up empty there, buddy. I think I am. Okay. So let's go to the last one, Mitchell Marathon. Let's see what we got in here. Let's see if they do anything. Hey, good morning. Hi, my name is Alex Norton. I have uh, Pastor Gary here on the phone with us. We're from More Radio in uh, Northern Michigan here, and uh, we're you're live on the radio with us right now. We wanted to ask you a quick question about a word that's not bad. It's just a word that we're trying to get people to see if they can come up with a definition. Uh, would you be willing to do that for a prize today? <laughs> sure. Okay. All right. All right. Well, who awesome. am I talking with then? This is Jim. Hey, Jim. Jim. All right. Thanks, Jim. Jim, uh, let me ask you a quick question. What is your uh, best sold coffee there when people come in for coffee? Uh, our best sold coffee would be our uh, Big Buck Brew regular. Oh, Big Buck, Buck Brew regular. Okay. okay. Okay, I like that. Do you just do you normally get it and just take it black or do you put a lot of sugar and cream in it? Just black. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm with you. I'm with you. I do the same thing. All right. Well, here's the question that we have for you. Uh, it is a word that is has been used in history quite a bit. Uh, the word is revanchism. Now, what is your first impression or possible definition of the word revanchism. If I said to you, uh, this is all about revanchism, what would you think that word means? And it's not a bad word. Did you get it? Are you, are you looking it up, Jim? <laughs> no, I'm not. I probably can't even spell it. <laughs> revanchism is, okay, I'll spell it to you. It's uh, R-E-V-A-N-C-H-I-S-M, revanchism. It's actually a French word. What would be your first impression of that word? My first impression of that word. Any, any definition would be good. I mean, it's say, for instance, you're around the water cooler getting your coffee, and somebody said, hey, you know what? This whole thing's about revanchism. What would you think? No, I don't have anything. You don't have anything? Okay. All right. No. Well, you know what? Just because you participated today, we're going to make sure you get a Petoskey cheese card today. Oh, okay. Appreciate it. I'm going to bring it by, and I'll make sure that it gets to you. Um, and, and your name again, your first name again was what? Jim. Jim, all right. I will make sure that you, Jim, get this cheese card, and you can make sure that you go to Petoskey Cheese, and you can have a little fun this summer, all right? All right, appreciate it. All right, man. Thanks for participating. Talk to you later. Yep. Yep. Bye-bye.
Okay, so see, it's not just our congregation that was a little confused by yeah, the word. Yeah, it's a tough word. It's a tough word. I think people just are not going to get it. Right. They're not going to get it. Well, okay, so that was... that was <laughs> <laughs> It was not as good as we had What hoped. did they teach in school today? I don't know. I mean, I putting in a sentence like revanchism, I, I would have heard maybe revenge. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you view? Yeah. I think that would be the first word I would have heard. Yeah, the the people in the green room when I tested it on them, they they came up with the revenge right away. They came up with the revenge right away. That yep. would be the first impression I would have. Yep. But you know, it is kind of a weird word. It is French, mm-hmm. but uh, well, anyways, we're gonna go to a uh, ID break. We'll be right back. Hey, you want some more? Some more what? No, no, you want some more? I haven't had anything yet. So how can I have some more of nothing? You're killing me, Smalls. Please, sir. Well, has the winter done a number on your beautiful floors in your home? Well, Hamel's Flooring, with their expert touch of Cliff Haas, is sure to have an answer for you. With a large exclusive collection of carpet and vinyl flooring, your floors will look better than new. That's Hamel Flooring here in Petoskey. All right, so we've got our big question that uh, we put out last week, and it was, we're getting close to the, well, this is actually the last podcast of the series on spiritual warfare. Yep. But last week, uh, you mentioned a question mm-hmm. of where David had camped out. Yep. What was his like hometown while he was on the run? While he was so on the speak. run, yeah. Yep. And he was in Philistine territory. Yep. Uh, what was the name of that place, Pastor Gary? Okay, so the answer is Ziglag, found in First uh, Samuel chapter 30. Yes. It really lists it right there. This was his hometown with his 600 uh, soldiers and men that were with him and their families as well. So they kind of had their own little town out there in the Negev, which is down in the southern part of Israel. That sounds like it'd be a great like movie or show to come on. You yeah. Know, like, you know, because we remember the A-team, you know, where they're always on the run. This is yeah. sort of like the biblical version of the A-team, but with 600 other guys, yeah. Yep, so uh, that's where they're camping out, down there in Ziglag, and uh, and that's where um, the Amalekites came in and burned them down. Burned them down, took took their stuff. Yep. I mean, you don't do that, especially to David. Right. Because you're going to cause... <laughs> You're going to be in some a world of trouble because we know his history up to that point that he doesn't mess around, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, we talked about you. You mentioned that he took out a lion and a and, and a, bear a bear and, and a giant and a giant. And so, uh, yeah, I think the, the people should have like thought of that before they went in and took his stuff. Uh, so that was the uh, answer for last week, and we had three people that got it right. Dave Carafino, yes, or Ferafino. Carafino. Carafino. I did it. I mentioned that right. Uh, we had uh, Mary Self get it and uh, Linda got uh-huh. it. Okay. And uh, should we mention Ben came close? Ben Ben did come close. Yeah. He mentioned the area close near to it. Yeah. But it wasn't necessarily this the spot. hometown. The hometown. Yep. So, you know, consolation prize, Ben, we just give you our love from the It's almost more like podcasts. Ben got his speaker and now he's not. Going yeah. as hard after it as he used he's to. He's like, I'm not even. I'm not even going to read the Bible. Right. I'm done. <laughs> I'm just. He's, he's like, I don't even. I don't even want to read. I'm just going to come up with just answers. Just throw them out there. No, it was. It was a good question because I looked it up too. I I was thinking about it and I was trying to figure out where that was at. So, uh, so Ziklag was the answer. And if you had that right, you send it to harborlightbibletrivia@gmail.com. All lowercase harborlightbibletrivia@gmail.com. Now. We have a brand new question. We have a brand new question, which will be tied in with our next series that we are starting this Sunday called before, the... Okay, go ahead. No, I was going to say, before we get into the question, yeah, I we need to hear about... Because you had a whole list of yeah. titles yeah. So that the, I thought were pretty cool. Yeah, so the next series that we're going to do is called the Un-Jesus-like Jesus. I like that. Times when Jesus didn't act very Jesus-like. Yeah. And, um, and so we had a whole list of, uh, of upcoming sermon titles. And uh, super excited about being able to share those. And uh, the very first one is going to be, you know, the bad attitude in church. Oh, so I like Jesus that. went to church twice with a bad attitude. No. Yeah, he kind of got up on the wrong side of the bed. And, Come on. Uh, and so that was, uh, that was kind of fun to get us started that way. Some of the other titles that we're going to look at are um, Trees That Tremble. I like that. Yep. Uh, Rambling and Riddles. Okay. And uh, Dirty Hands at Dinner. <laughs> 
Another good one. If pigs could fly. I like that one, yeah. Yep. And then spitballs and wet willies. That, that's going to be a good one. Yeah. And then calling a woman a dog. Yeah. When you said that one yeah. uh, in the list, I, I kind of like moved a few inches away from my <laughs> wife because I thought she was going to smack me. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> he did it. Yeah, so, he did it. Well, he's God. I mean, yeah. come on. What are you going to do? So I mean, those will be the sermon titles for the next series. What I like to do, um, you know, we just came off of our spiritual warfare series, and that was an intense one, a lot of fun. People had a, a good time really learning a lot about did. that. And then uh, because summer can be um, a little tricky to get people with consistent uh, attendance because yeah. things come and go, and we also have an influx, influx of uh, people from out of town that will come, I like to keep the, the sermon series a little bit lighter, yeah. focused on Jesus himself, and, uh, and then there's not one... Uh, building upon the next. So it's a little like kind of standalone inside of a series. But they sound like a lot of fun. Yeah, they do sound yeah. like a lot of fun. Hopefully that will draw people into oh, it. Oh, yeah. And we will have some fun with it. And uh, I will challenge people. <laughs> and you'll you'll get some stuff to grow with, even in the midst of kind of having a good time in a series. And and the best part of all this, even though those titles are the way they are. Yes. I mean, we're, we're not pulling stuff out of context. It's nope. coming right from the scripture. Yes. We're just basically highlighting. Yep. Uh, sort of what's there. Uh-huh. And so it's going to be good. I think Pastor Gary's, uh, you know, he's going to come up with some good stuff. So be looking forward to those uh, titles coming out in the series. It'll be a lot of fun, get people to come and uh, hang out at church during the summer. I, You know, I know it's so much fun to uh, do stuff in the summer seasons here in Northern Michigan because we only have like, what, two months of summer, really. Yeah. And then it goes right back to winter. Uh-huh. Uh, one of the things, I don't know, did you hear that at the uh, Cherry Festival this year, Skillet is coming. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, that's going to be a huge concert. Okay. Yeah. So they're coming uh, during Cherry Festival. And then in August, another Christian band's coming to our area, Need to Breathe. They're going to be over at Harbor. Uh, I heard Bay that Harbor. one was already sold out. Was it really? That's what I heard. Oh, man. I wanted to go to see that one. But Need to Breathe is a great Christian band. Okay. And so they're going to be coming to the area. So if you can find tickets, yeah, you know, more power to you. But that's another great thing. So... With all that said, getting back to our big question for the week, uh, Pastor Gary is going to roll it out here. Yes. So I have a new question, and uh, it's connected to this weekend's uh, sermon topic. And uh, so Jesus went to uh, the temple uh, two separate times, but uh, what caused him to have a bad attitude when he went to the temple twice? Uh, one of them was in Matthew 21. I'll go ahead and give that to you. And the other is in Mark chapter 11. Oh, here we so, go. So uh, what was it that caused Jesus to kind of uh, move away from his normal Jesus likeness to yeah. his un-Jesus likeness? Yeah, caught everybody off guard. Yes, right? exactly. I think so even what when was you it? read it, you get caught off guard, right? Yep. So, so what was it? What was it that caused Jesus to, um, well, I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. What, what caused him to have this attitude in church where his anger yeah. uh, was on display uh, justifiable anger. Justifiable, um, yeah. What was that? That's pretty good. I think that's going to be a good one. Okay. All right. So if you know the answer to that question, uh, send that to harborlightbibletrivia at gmail.com, harborlightbibletrivia at gmail.com, all lowercase. And we are ramping up our, our giveaways. We're getting more stuff with yeah. the podcast on it. Uh, right now, we're giving out water bottle uh, koozies. Cozies? How do you say that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you can have our little uh, faces on there. Uh, we also have a new a new group of stickers. We're getting ready to get some uh, T-shirts made. So uh, you want to definitely answer this question and uh, get the word out there. Um, again, our buddy Joe Tath uh, wore his T-shirt, uh, was it last Sunday or Sunday before, uh, with our face on it. And that's just an example of one of the uh, podcast t-shirts uh, but our new uh, logo and uh, saying for the summer is now more podcasts with less calories that's what we're shooting for <laughs> awesome <laughs> yeah so be ready for those things but send your answer to harborlight bible trivia at gmail.com all lowercase and let us know what you think the answer is and uh well we'll, we'll let you uh, we'll let you know either by email or we'll just show up with a prize on sunday and let you uh just enjoy having something from the podcast mm-hmm. and then sharing with your friends we're going to take an ID break. We'll be right back. Are you looking for more? Well, then you found it right here on More Podcast. Stay tuned. Well, I want to mention we're getting ready to do a commercial for this one, but Damn Side In is definitely uh, on board to. Really? Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, they're going to be uh, sponsoring with us. So Damn Side Inn is going to be one of our sponsors. That is fantastic. Have so, you ever eaten there? No, I have not. Fantastic. Like what kind of restaurant is it? Uh, they do like a family family cooking. Really? You know? Yeah. Uh, they have a perch dinner that's incredible. They have oh. this uh, a homemade noodles. Uh, that's really, really good. They, they just have a... They even serve it in family style where they really? bring it out in a big, you know, all the potatoes come in one big thing, and then you scoop it out and put it on your own plate. Oh. It's really fantastic. So, okay, so I'm going to have to make it out there. Yes. Where's, where's Dam Side in anyways? It's uh, heading towards Pelston. Just before you get to Pelston, take a right, and it's down there just a little ways. Okay, so Dam Side in is going to be one of our new sponsors. We're getting ready to put their, wow, that's their commercial. Wow, incredible. So we're getting excited about that. Uh, yeah, it was a hookup from somebody in Harbor Light's a good friend of his. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you need to get on this podcast. And he's like, yeah, okay, let's do it. So that's I, I, super. it's going to be happening. So be prepared for that one. Dam Side in, mm-hmm. a new sponsor for us. All right. Well, we are going to uh, get into our Rapture Ready News. And uh, I think this week's Rapture Ready News is definitely something that you're going to want to pay close attention to because it is involving somebody that you may know pretty well. Get Rapture Ready with your favorite host today, Pastor Gary and Pastor Alex Norton, as they come to you with information that you need to make it through the times coming ahead and more. Did you play that one live? Did you do, did you record that one yourself? I wish I would have. No, that's that, not. That work in peace has definitely your fingerprints all over it. <laughs> it was not me. I wish I could have. Yeah, that was a definitely something we found on uh, one of the websites we use for all of our music. Okay. Yeah. But that definitely feels like Alex Norton right yeah. there. We have copyright. Just, just bit, for the- Betty kind of feel on that. <laughs> I know. It'd be something I'd put out there. Well, in Romans chapter 1, verse 20, it says, For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky through everything God made. They can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God, is the scripture that we're looking at this morning in this uh this section of Rapture Ready News. Basically, we found in the news this interesting article. The former California governor gets candid about his trials and tribulations in a new three-part documentary called Arnold, which begins streaming on Netflix this week. In the series, he raises a few eyebrows by his candid rejection of traditional Christian worldviews. And in response to a question posed to him at one point, gave some interesting opinions on heaven, death, and God. And the reason this is getting any attention is because, well, he represents for many... Uh, a role model that seemed well-balanced and embracing at times some of our traditional Christian values. Well, in this docu-series, however, Arnold gives us another glimpse into how pop American royalty truly feels about biblical worldviews. Arnold, by his own words in his docu-series, is making not believing in God a positive attribute and validates an opinion for many young men that are tempted to turn away from biblical instruction. And uh, as he was being interviewed in one of these little segments in the docuseries by Howard Stern, he said, it reminds me of Howard Stern's question to me, tell me, Governor, what happens to us when we die? And Arnold said, nothing. You're six feet under. Anyone that tells you something else is a blank liar. And then he goes into talking about how God's not real and heaven doesn't exist. And basically, you just become nothing. I wonder what he's going to do when... When Jesus says, I'll be back. <laughs> I was waiting for yeah. you to say that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, this is really concerning to a lot of people because I you know, I grew up in a time when Arnold Schwarzenegger was the epitome of the man. Right? Yeah. He was yeah. like everything. Whenever you saw him in an action movie. Mr. Universe a couple of times. Right. And he did he did like family-friendly movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was times I remember even hearing him talking about family values and how important it was. Mm-hmm. And here we are, mm-hmm. uh, him just shooting... Uh, down this whole idea of uh, Christian values. He is 70, says seven, He's going to be finding out real yeah. soon that he is wrong. 78 is what he is, yeah. And so uh, Arnold is basically saying in his docuseries that all this stuff does not exist. And I think it's interesting that he comes out now saying this. It seems like he's kind of emboldened to say this now. But it is uh, something that is happening within the movie industry in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a lot of actors that uh, we would see in movies where we'd say, hey, you know, this is a good movie. I think it's a family movie. They're going through this, what we call destructionist or mm-hmm. reconstructionist idea mm-hmm. of faith and family mm-hmm. and God and basically just shooting it down, 
trying to get rid of it. And the problem is, is we have a generation of people that are buying into it saying, well, you know what? Almost like they're the, they're the professionals, they're the pros on the subject. Mm -hmm. And uh, so if they don't believe in it, I'm not going to believe in it either. So isn't it amazing? We want to have a people who, a group of people who are actors, right? uh, be the spokespeople in the know-it-all for all kinds of subjects that they probably have no understanding of. I remember uh, back in the day when Madonna started embracing um, Kabbalism, uh, Kabbalism, yeah, yeah, and the the mythical idea of Judaism, and you know she started wearing the red bracelet, and then everybody you know started getting into it, and then they started believing what she believed. I, people don't realize how much pop culture has influence on our worldviews as uh, as Americans. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, though, it does translate over to Christians because you hear Christians, you know quoting things from these people or saying, well, so-and-so said this or whatever. Yep. Um, and almost more than their own pastor, right? Yeah. Uh, some people are like, well, you know, I believe Arnold, but, you know, Pastor Gary says it. I don't know. Let's see where it comes mm-hmm. out in the middle, you know, on the wash. Yeah. Uh, we've got to be careful of this in the last days. Mm-hmm. Because I think more and more people are are pushing this, this agenda. And, uh, you know, whether we want to say, well, they have that much influence or not. I mean, just look at what's happening with our, even our kids' cartoons and programs. It's kind of interesting when you take a look at, uh, historically, people who have uh, chimed in on the subject. Um, many people who have experienced some type of a hurt or a loss in their life. Yeah. And, uh, and maybe they reached out towards God to, to help them in some particular way. And maybe things didn't turn out the way they wanted. Uh, they will then turn away from any possibility that there is a God. And uh, we see that, and I think that that happens more times than not. But uh, you look historically at people who have taken the time to Mm -hmm. study out what's really going on. They're going to come to the fact that uh, we are humans that are not products of evolution. Uh, We are the only creature on this planet that worships, Mm -hmm. and uh, we've been created to worship. Now, many times we'll take that focus and divert it towards, uh, you know, the sun, uh, stars, yeah, people, <laughs> yeah. objects that we create. But isn't it amazing? Every culture throughout the history of the United, uh, the history of the world, has always worshipped something or someone. Yeah, and uh, so we are created beings for worship. But then to deny the fact that there is a so a power greater than we are yeah. is very, very foolish. It is very foolish, and you know it's interesting how these guys backtrack at some point when it's popular. You mm-hmm. know they they agreed with it on some level or talked about it. Mm-hmm. But now we see the, the, what we call the moral majority that's taking over this country, mm-hmm. their own perceived moral morality. Uh, they are creating a, a narrative that, you know, people are like, well, you know what? I just, I, I've had my suspicions about church, you know? And so now, now I know. And then we have people stepping up to the plate that are talking about God that have been, like you said, hurt in a church environment by bad humans, mm-hmm. uh, not representing the kingdom the right way. And so here they are, now saying, well, see, this is an example of why I don't believe what I believe, and you shouldn't either. And, you know, they have a huge group of people that follow them and listen to almost everything they say. Yeah. And it's very unfortunate. But, you know, one thing I think is interesting is that the the way it's being presented now is totally different. It used to be just, this is my opinion. Right. Now it's like we find commonality. So if, you know, if you kind of agree with me on some things, then you're going to probably agree with me on a lot more. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be one of the new tools, if you can say that, of the devil, you know, trying to show that uh, if we all have commonality in certain areas, then we can agree on other things, even if you necessarily didn't agree with it before. Right. And uh, so we got people buying into stuff just because, well, they say, well, they're, they believe in family like I do, or they believe in this, or they believe in that. Um, and, uh, that's, that's not good. I mean, if we go back to the garden of Eden, that seemed to be one of the arguments the devil tried to use with Eve is this commonality, you know, don't you mm-hmm. want to be like God? Don't you want to mm-hmm. have wisdom? Don't you mm-hmm. want to be, and, uh, it seems to be an age old argument, but it's being packaged in a brand new way. And yep. since our culture is driven by, uh, these influences quite a bit, uh, you have to be careful. And I, I would say, you know, if you're a parent, pay attention to what your kids are watching and listening to what influences them uh, because what influences them is going to get their attention. Yeah. 
and changed a lot of their perspectives on things. So that's our rapture ready news today. Uh, as we get closer to the end times, this is going to happen more and more. Uh, words that seem uh, good to us or seem good on some level, uh, people are going to start buying into and almost seem like, well, you're the bad guy because you don't agree with it. Right. I, I would say be very careful uh, because as it says in Romans chapter one, verse 20, that there are going to be more and more of these opportunities for people to step into the limelight and say these things, but they have no idea who God is. And they're going to start pointing us to worship, like you said, other things other than God. Mm-hmm. And this is exactly what happens in the, in the Old Testament. We see over and over again where people were pointed to worship things like wood and statues made by man. And uh, those things, we seem kind of weird to us. Like, I don't think anybody we know that would be like, oh, I'm going to worship this piece of wood. Mm-hmm. But uh, we see it happening. I mean, we see ancestral worship becoming a huge thing yep. uh, within our country because a lot of the Asian influence is coming into our country. Uh, we see a lot of people talking about reincarnation yep. as being an important thing and worshiping uh, people or perceiving people to be divine because they've reincarnated, reincarnated in some way. Mm-hmm. So these are all things that are slowly beginning to move into the influence of our culture. So be very, very careful. Know what the Bible says and uh, make sure that you train your children that way. We're going to go to Identity to Break and right back. Well, here's how to have more. Know God more deeply, find lasting freedom, discover your destiny, and make an eternal difference. You're listening to more podcast. Well, as I mentioned, in, uh, as we go into Bible talk last Sunday was the end to our seven week series on spiritual warfare. And uh, if you also have been paying attention, uh, the six week Bible class that was happening on Wednesday night live, this is the last night for it. So if you want to wrap up your understanding of it, uh, you can come out tonight at 630 and we'll uh, finish up that six week series as well. Uh, and so it's all coming to an end right now uh, this week. Uh, but the seven week series that we talked about in spiritual warfare mentioned quite a few things. But as was mentioned uh, earlier, Pastor Gary left us with a, a great message, but a sermon title that I don't think anyone <laughs> ever heard before mm-hmm. or have used in conversation before. And so it caught your attention when you listened to it. So regardless of uh, you know where we found ourselves in 1 Samuel chapter 30, where David was living out the definition of ranchism, uh, Pastor Gary did definitely get into some very uh, interesting things about that term. Mm-hmm. Um, however, in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, uh, we're left with basically this idea where David is found in Ziklag, uh, has just been plundered by uh, the local tribes that have been against him. Uh, he's in Philistine territory, uh, hiding out from uh, King Saul. And it seemed, I guess, to him like a safe place to uh, find some shelter because you know Saul did not want to necessarily have a battle with Philistines. So why not just hang out in the enemy's area? But uh, it kind of led to some other problems for David. And so David is now at this point in chapter 30, verse 6, finding his own men turning on him. Mm -hmm. Uh, They want to stone him for what had happened to their area. All the stuff that got stolen, all the things have been taken. And so the question I want to pose to you, Pastor Gary, is, you know, why in verse 6 would David's men want to stone David after being with him for so long? These are the mighty men of David. Mm -hmm. Uh, They've seen him do so many things over his time, even as one of the the generals or leaders in, in Israel's army. But now we find these 600 men wanting to stone him over something he had no control over. Uh, they were not there to defend themselves, but these guys came in. You mentioned this in your uh, message in the very first part uh, that we are sometimes victims of theft mm-hmm. when the devil shows up and tries to steal from us. And you, <laughs> I love this phrase. You said, Satan is a klepto. Yeah. Uh, can you describe a little bit more about that, <clears throat> You that know, uh, a klepto is a person who, of course, steals uh, they just can't help themselves. They they're going to they're just going to reach out and take something that's not theirs. And because uh, Satan's nature, according to John chapter ten, uh, is he he's a a liar yeah. and a stealer and a destroyer. And uh, because of that, um, he he's just gonna he's gonna constantly be taking. And uh, and so it's interesting that. Uh, David finds himself uh, the victim of the theft of the Amalekites. They've come in and stolen everything, and they burnt down his uh, town. And uh, because we as humans, we tend to fall into the trap of blaming other humans for the spiritual warfare stuff. So they were wrestling against flesh and blood. So they went ahead and tagged uh, David as being the problem and the cause of their uh, losing their, their children and their wives and their stuff. And so they like to victimize and and uh, and to 
demonize a person, so they tagged David with the, yeah. the problem. Now, as a leader, David did have responsibility. He led them away from their camp mm-hmm. to go join forces with the Philistines, which is almost mind-boggling in itself. Yeah, And uh, so it was easy for them to attack David and cause, you know, let him be the cause of their problems. Yeah. You mentioned a lot about uh, sometimes when we are in the midst of being robbed, uh, either spiritually or physically, uh, we do get this victim mentality to the point where we're not thinking straight anymore, but we're looking for someone to blame. Yes. And uh, you mentioned how sometimes we we do that a lot in our Christian journey. Mm -hmm. Uh, If we're going through something, instead of dealing with it, how eventually we see David dealt with it, uh, we want to point fingers at somebody else instead of you know, going to the one who can resolve the issue, we go after people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, as you've been mentioning through the whole series that people are not our enemies. They're not the, they're not necessarily the problem. I mean, yeah, we can have bad actors and people that are influenced and used by Satan. Yes. But, uh, in general, we fight against principalities and powers in high places. We fight mm-hmm. against things that are spiritual, uh, that are causing those issues. Um, I, I think it's interesting how you, you kind of tied it into this whole victimhood. And, and and you did give us some instruction on how we need to change that. Mm-hmm. Um, can you get a little bit insight into that? Uh, how we moved away from that? How David can possibly, in this story, kind of change the outcome mm-hmm. just a little bit by changing the way uh, or helping the guys kind of realize that this is not, it's not about me. I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. But um, how do we do that in our own spiritual journey? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, David found himself all by himself and now he's got the target drawn on his back from Saul. Now he has a target drawn on his front from all of his guys. So this guy is as low and down and out as you can be completely by himself. But the Bible says he encouraged himself in the Lord. He went to the source of truth, which is God's word. And he uh, reminded himself on who he was, the fact that God was with him, that God was uh, in charge. You you know, unfortunately he had kind of stepped outside of, you know, pursuing God and God's direction, which it can cause us to open the door for the enemy to take advantage of us. But uh, David had pre-written mm-hmm. some Psalms to help him during times like this. Yeah. He also, um, he also would write Psalms during times like this. Yeah. Um, Psalms 51 is one of those times where he messed up with Bathsheba and he yeah. writes that Psalm. But uh, he had this whole book of songs that he could sing to himself to encourage himself uh, in the midst of that. And, and then um, I think it's important to surround yourself with people who are going to be there with you. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, of course, David is alone by that time. But uh, there are going to be those people in your life that will be with you to help you through difficult times like that. So I think that helps turn things around. Yeah. When we find ourselves at the bottom of the pile, when Satan's piling on all of the problems, yeah. uh, when you're at the bottom of the pile, that's the time to turn to the Lord and get encouragement from his word. Yeah, you're right. I, I, I think it's easy for us to want to be uh, victims instead of, of dealing with the way we should, mm-hmm. uh, because, and, and I think the devil loves for us to get into that, that, that mode of depression, frustration, anxiety. Um, and we're not thinking straight then we're making really dumb decisions. Mm-hmm. And as obviously we can see with David, uh, you know, he may, you know, reading previous passage of uh, chapters before this, it may seem like a good idea to be in Phil- Philistine territory because, well, he's kind of protected in the sense that Saul's not going to come after him. He doesn't want to start a war. Your enemy becomes your, your friend. En- yeah, your enemy <laughs> becomes your friend. But at the same time, he put himself in the midst of all these influences, things that he shouldn't have been a part of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and even the Philistines at some point are like, what are you doing here? You right, know? right. Like, yeah, we what? don't want to fight yeah. with us. Yeah, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think sometimes and when we get to this mindset that we're running and we're not really relying, uh, we we kind of do really dumb things. And then we wonder why we are the victim, why we are in this situation, because we put ourselves there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, God's not going to be like, you know what, hey, you're an idiot for doing this. Uh, sometimes he lets it play out to show us the the failure of our own decision making. Right. But we don't need to be there, right? Mm-hmm. David didn't need to be there. God anointed him to become king. He wasn't appointed yet, but he was anointed. Yep. And uh, God would be with him through the whole thing. And Saul had tried to kill him a few times, tried mm-hmm. to do some things against him. And God still you know, constantly covered him and protected him in all the situations. Right. And yet David takes it on himself to come up with his own solution, mm-hmm. thinking it was going to work. Yeah. And he puts himself in a bad situation. And so now we find him in the midst of being robbed by the other tribes that mm-hmm. see him as an easy, easy uh, get. Yeah. And they, they take everything from him. And, and you mentioned in your sermon that, you know, God, when we're doing it his way, even though it may be, may be tough, 
uh, really what we're looking for is the peace, joy, and, and these healthy relationships and good health uh, should be a part of the journey, even when we're going through struggles. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mentioned this before, and Jesus said in Matthew 5, rain falls on the just and the unjust. Things are going to happen. Yeah. But in the midst of that, God always gives us an umbrella. Right. He's always there to help us in that situation. And if David, like you said on Sunday, would have realized what was really going on, he probably wouldn't have found himself in that situation at all. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Um, then you go into the fact that David did seek the Lord, and and that's later on in the verse chapter, uh, verse six, where uh, David uh, does go after the Lord and does ask him, you know, help me out, <clears throat> and he gets gets a word that God's going to be with him and help him out. Yep. But it took a while for him to get to that. Uh, what do you think? What do you think really was the thing that helped David move in that direction? I think that uh, to seek the Lord. Um, I think when you come to the end of yourself and you realize that uh, you have no other options, mm-hmm. for many people that, you know, seeking God is the last resort yeah. uh, instead of the first resort, I think that uh, he 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 kind of got back to his roots. He got back yeah. to what got him to where he was going to be at. Remember, he was a shepherd boy. He yeah. was this kid out in the backfield somewhere, right? And then the Lord anoints him to be the king. He's got to realize that that is not, it doesn't have anything to do with his own abilities. Yeah. It's all because of God's you know, destiny for him and uh, to to get to that place where he's going to turn back to the Lord. The Lord always has our best interest at heart, yeah. always. Even though we have to might go through tough stuff, that's okay. Yeah. Because it usually makes us better people, you know, yeah. more, more closely related to following him. But uh, he's always got his best, our best at heart. Yeah, I think I think you just said it. It was really uh, key there is that he quit looking at his own abilities. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like sometimes God uses hindsight as divine intervention, right? Yeah. You kind of go back to when you saw God working mm-hmm. and, and it kind of says, Hey, if God was there then God's going to be in this situation. So I need to go after the guy that helped me out to begin with. Yeah. Um, it's sad sometimes though. We have to get to, like you said, the end of our rope, mm-hmm. the, the bottom of the barrel before we realize that, but it is, it is helpful. I mean, mm-hmm. getting back to the story, like you mentioned before the prodigal son, you know, the father, lets him go and do what he needed to do. And mm-hmm. and it says specifically in that passive scripture, when the son came to himself and right. realized that he was in this mess, yep. that's when he decided to go back to his father. And I think it's unfortunate that we have to sometimes get there. Mm-hmm. But um, the, the the important part is that you go back. Yeah. And and, and we see David doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so David, as he's going on this journey to find out where his stuff went, uh, we find out in First Samuel that he runs into a very interesting character. Yeah. Uh and and it was an Egyptian slave slave that mm-hmm. somehow fell off the boat wasn't yeah. a part of the group. Yeah. Um unfortunately on Sunday that slide got dropped from the the queue, but uh they're walking along, they're cold trailing the yeah. the Amalekites. They've lost, they've come to the end of it and they see this guy laying in the field and they go and revive him. Yeah. Give him some food. And then a couple of days later, he's kind of got his strength back. And they're like, hey, who are you? And he's like, hey, I'm an Egyptian slave to one of the Amalekites. Yeah. And um, we just went into the Negev and we ripped off these guys and these guys and these guys. And we also burnt down Ziglag. Yeah. You know, and uh, I loved looking out into the crowd on <laughs> a Sunday morning when I said <laughs> yeah. that. And there were some guys that were like, yeah, I was going to yeah. give them the business, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And, uh, and so it's, it's really cool that David has the wisdom to not just kill this guy because right. this guy was a part of uh, burning down Ziglag and stealing all their stuff. He realized that he could turn this guy into a uh, a person who could help them out, yeah. an asset. And uh, But he was kind to him. Yeah. He didn't torture him. Yeah. He was kind to him and yeah. uh, revived him. And then the guy's like, listen, just don't, just don't kill me. Yeah. All right. And make a promise to your God uh, that you won't return me to my owner. He basically, David gave him his freedom. Right. Because he was, as scripture says, he was a slave. Right. So it's not, he was conscripted. He was not, yep. you know, they're on his free will doing this. Uh, at some point, maybe whatever group he was with, they took him in and said, you're going to be a soldier. Mm-hmm. I mean, we see that in modern day world now, you know, in some of these countries where they pull people in and like, you're going to fight for us now and you're mm-hmm. going to have to, you know, do what we want you to do. Uh, it kind of seems like he was like that. But, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting that David, like you just said, had the ability to, um, see beyond his anger Mm -hmm. and frustration Mm -hmm. and personal hurt of what was going on there and was still able to be um, a man of God in that situation. Here's something that I didn't talk about. David was generous. We know David was was generous after they got their stuff back, Mm -hmm. but David is demonstrating generosity before he got his stuff back. Yeah. He gave the guy some food, 
water yeah. and gave him his freedom. Yeah. So David's generosity, his heart, even before he got his stuff back, was in the right spot. And and that thing that changed, right? Because if he was still in the victim mode, right, mm-hmm. that guy would have been dead. Yep, that guy would have been dead, and yeah. David would have still been cold trailing these people and never right. got his stuff back. But because he was asking God, mm-hmm. allowed himself to kind of find that the happy medium with God to, to be able to listen to God, he was able to see the situation for what it is. And I, I think as you, you were kind of alluding to on Sunday, I mean, that's such an important aspect of our journey when we're dealing with this stuff is that word revanchism, which uh, one of the key parts is, is revenge. Mm-hmm. When you're in that mindset, you, you know, you're, you're ready to salt the earth and burn places down yeah. instead of seeing where God might use things in your life mm-hmm. to help you move forward where he wants you. Yeah. Um, and, and it's easy to get in that mode. And I tell you, you know, like we mentioned earlier in the series, the devil loves to just fan that flame, man, mm-hmm. get you so ticked about things to where you, you make dumb decisions, right? Instead yeah. of seeking after him, you're arguing with your wife, tearing her apart, tearing the kids apart, you, you know, hate everything. And eventually what happens is you find yourself in the worst situation than what you were before. Yeah. Because if you would have killed the Egyptian, mm-hmm. he would have never, like you said, found these guys anywhere right but because he found this guy as a resource god uses a resource he was able to find where he needed to go yeah and i think that is so important for us to get into the mind of christ like peter said Mm -hmm. find ourselves in that position so he eventually finds his guy he gets to the place Mm -hmm. where these guys are right right? the malachites are out in the field dancing yes and uh doing the disco because of all the plunder that they had. Yeah. Yep. And so then David, it says that he snuck in, uh, and then he went throughout the night all the next day into the following evening, slaughtering all these minus 400 young guys that jumped on the camels and got out right away. Right. Uh, he was able to take. But the crazy thing, like I said, the Bible is very specific. He didn't lose a single little thing. Yeah. Recovered every single thing that was stolen from him. And, and yeah, I was going to say. And, the stuff that they had t- stolen from the other tribes, yeah, the Philistines in- included, yep, they got all of their stuff back too. Uh, and you pointed out that that's sometimes how God does it, right? Yeah, uh, when He does restore what has been taken, mm-hmm. not only does He restore it, but He it makes He makes it better, makes it better, because that's His that's His character, right? This is attribute: right. make all things new. Yep, uh, you don't just get parts things back, or He doesn't just rebuild you. Yep, He makes you new. He makes you're, the situation new. Yeah, when you became a Christian, you didn't get glued back together. Right, right. Yeah, you're more than new. You're better than new. Yeah, yeah. And that, that is such a key. And not only does He do that physically, spiritually, He does it mentally, emotionally. Mm-hmm. All these things become better. Yep. And and you know, I've known that we have people in the in the church that have gone through struggles, and then they find that God begins to work in the situation and where they were to where they are now. It is a completely different person. Yeah. Completely different person. God makes it all new. So David gets all of his stuff back. What I think is interesting, when you read the, the latter parts of uh, in uh, chapter 30, verse 15 through 16, uh, or even later than that, I'm sorry, that's a little bit later on than that, uh, that David not only gives to his men, he takes some for himself. Yep. But did you notice he also gave to Judah? Yes. He gave back to the people that he's been running from. Right. Uh, it's interesting. Um, Israel is split in half at this yeah. time. You've got the northern Israel and you have Judah. And uh, so the, the country is divided in itself. Uh, but David gives to a bunch of his friends who are leaders yeah. in the Judah country yeah. at that point, which is actually setting him up for when he does become king, yeah. he'll yeah. have all of these allies who have remembered yeah. uh, that he was good to them and gracious to them before he was even king. But isn't it cool that he has... Uh, that kind of heart, right? Yeah. That, you know, he could have just said, I, I got all this, this is mine. You right. know, you didn't get none of it. But he uh, has the foresight. And I, and I think that's God's sight, you know, that helps you see beyond that situation, that you don't just become. And all these attributes that David is, is explain, displaying to us are all things that are God-centered, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if he would have been selfish, he would have been, that would have been all the side effects of being a victim, following what the devil wanted. But what we find is David begins to start having a mind of God, and he does things that are exactly what should have happened, exactly what needed to happen. It follows the whole point of what Jesus said, that I don't, you know, the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Mm-hmm. And if you live in that mentality, you're going to do the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. You start living in that lifestyle, you're going to be doing that to other people. But when you live in the mindset of Christ and you live in joy, peace, and health, you find that you, even in the midst of your hurt, begin to become a resource for other people. And it is such a beautiful thing to see David move from where he was at 
Mm-hmm. I'm upset. I'm going to get stoned by my own guys mm-hmm. to the point where he just starts displaying a God-centered approach to his problem. I think that uh, one of the points that we were able to make is the fact that uh, God owns it all. Uh, these people stole God's stuff that you were managing. Then God helped them get it back. And then a bunch of these guys are like, hey, you know, this is ours. We're not going to share it with the guys that didn't go yeah, with us. Yeah. And David's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. This all belongs to God. Yeah. It was a it was a gift from him the first time. It's definitely a gift from him the second time, and uh, so let's don't get you know where we get into the hoarding and greedy mode. Let's continue to be generous and to help those yeah. that. And uh, and it's interesting as you just mentioned, uh, they actually declared that all the stuff belonged to David, but David said, "Nope, it belongs yeah. to the Lord." Yeah, I think that is such a neat thing. I, I've I, just to affirm you, I've seen you do that before. Uh, you know, in your situations where, you, you know, you, you may have been hurt by a congregate or somebody mm-hmm. that you had uh, taken in or close to. Mm-hmm. And, and then I've seen your giving heart, even still, you know, thinking about, mm-hmm. you know, this is, this is not mine. Right. You know, you, you could get in that mode, right? I'm just going to close myself off. I'm going to wall myself off because mm-hmm. I've been hurt or somebody said something to me. But yet you kind of go on beyond, beyond that. And I don't know your process in that, but mm-hmm. I'm sure it's sort of like this where God begins to start moving your heart. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's one of the beautiful things about the Psalms. Many of the Psalms, uh, the beginning part of the Psalm, it will be like David would it would cry out to the Lord, and he would say, "God, these are my enemies. Bash them in the teeth." Yeah, right. Yeah. But then by the end of the Psalm, he'd be like, "Lord, you're good. Yeah. So I will be good. I'll be good to my enemies." Yeah. You know, there's a. It's over and over and over. You see that pattern in the Psalms. Yeah, I do have a process. I'm a I'm a person just like everybody else, and there are yeah. times where I feel ripped off, or I feel like I've been taken advantage of. Uh, and after a moment of spending some t- quiet time with God, then I'm going to look for an opportunity to bless even those that have uh, tried to take advantage of me. Um, I'm always going to try my best to follow the Lord's direction and be generous, uh, even going beyond what would be considered uh, normal. Yeah, right? and I and I think when you do that, I've noticed because uh, I've started to do that in my own life. Uh, you start breaking that bondage of what that previous situation was. Yeah. So where it was something that was taking a seed, putting a seed in your heart of bitterness, anger, resentment, mm-hmm. uh, you start going out and you you put that out there. You give it to somebody. You start blessing other people. Uh, God begins to almost seem to break those chains. You're not you're not connected to it anymore. You don't have those thoughts anymore. You're not uh, thinking about those things anymore. Uh, it's not an issue. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's when you start seeing freedom from those things because the perspective that you are going into it with is almost sort of like you're raised by God's uh, grace and mercy and love for you, and you begin to work in a situation better. And I, I think that's the best place to be. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't it doesn't change the fact that somebody did that to you. Right. It doesn't change the fact that that person was a bad actor being mm-hmm. used. Mm-hmm. But it does change how your heart is dealing with the situation, and that's the most important thing. Yeah, the antidote to greed is generosity. The antidote to uh, being a victim mm-hmm. is to be victorious and be that's good. Be bigger than yeah. the situation. Be bigger than the person. And, that's really uh, good. To, yeah. to, to go take that high road. That should be a that should be a t shirt. There you go. I like that one. <laughs> uh, and so uh, you mentioned the one of your last points is uh, how do we get our stuff back? Yeah. the way God intended. Yeah, thank you for asking that yeah. because. Uh, both services were a little different on how I ended it. Uh, I'm just going to kind of talk you through maybe a personal experience. Uh, let's say I've got a friend and uh, they get, the, this is actually currently happening in my life where I have a friend who's received a, um, you know, uh, a death sentence, mm-hmm. you know, that they've got terminal, a, a terminal situation. And, um, and I can see the hand, the fingerprints of the devil all over this situation. Yeah. And so I'm going to go now and I'm going to say, no, that is of the enemy. Yeah. I'm going to go and I'm going to start praying and fasting. I'm going to get some people to join me in that. And we're going to start declaring life over this person. We're yeah. going to, we're going to, we're going to, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we're going to rip the, the, the enemy's hands off of this yeah. person, off of their health. And uh, we're going to see the Lord redeem and restore uh, their health in their life. And so I'm using scripture, mm-hmm. I'm praying, I'm fasting, I'm getting other people to join with me. And I'm going to tell you that I have a friend that's in the hospital right now that uh, I was in the room when the doctor came in and gave the diagnosis yeah. and just said, listen, we're gonna, we're, you're going to bleed out and die, mm-hmm. or we're going to go in and we're going to have to uh, do a bunch of procedures and you're going to end up with two kidney bags uh, for the oh, rest of your life. Okay. Yeah. And, um, and I said, and uh, after the doctor left, uh, at least Kay and I, the wife and, and the man that was laying in the hospital bed, we laid our hands on them, mm-hmm. and I just prayed that uh, they're going to go in, they're going to remove uh, 
an area that they that the actual doctor had put in there a, yeah. st- a stint had put a stint in that was causing bleeding in his bladder and we just prayed that that would be removed that mm-hmm. that area would be healed it would no longer be irritated yeah. his cut kidneys would function well his bladder would function well that the devil would get his hands off of this person and what's going on there. And we've yeah. already received a word that the uh, surgery, uh, the removing of the stints went super successfully. Praise God. And we're believing that that little section has been healed and that he's going to oh, be restored and he's not going to have to wear, uh, you know, drainage kidney bags for yeah. the rest of his life. Praise God. So that's an area, that's a way of saying, you know what, that's the devil's got his hands, get your hands off of it. Yep. It's going to be returned to the owner and it's going to be blessed even ab- above and beyond. Amen. Yeah. That's, you know, that is so crucial what you're doing there. Um, and uh, making a stand. And, you know, it, it, it kind of harkens back to what David did, you know, uh, to find a way to be a part of the restoration process mm-hmm. of things that have been ruined. And, and those men that felt like they had been robbed and, and all the emotional aspects of, of what had happened there, because you've been violated. Yeah. Uh, you know, they took their kids, their, their wives. Uh, and so, you know, David, even in the process of giving out the 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 gains that they got uh, was part of the restoration process, moving forward in that, mm-hmm. and uh, you know God honors that so much, and you know I think it's so cool that you're doing that. I think it's so important that we as believers in Christ do that, and of course we've mentioned over and over again that one of the best ways that we do that in this church is through our small groups, getting together and being a part of the process of restoration. Yeah. Uh, nobody, nobody in this church will ever stand there and say I don't have anybody in my you know watching my back, watching my six. Uh, that means you're not a part of a small group. You're not a part of a group of people that are watching out yeah. for you. Because I know that almost every small group we have in this church is always trying to do something for the people in their group, even outside the group. But it's an amazing part can, of our ministry. Can, I know we're probably running out of time, but um, this is something that I didn't get a chance to do, and I really feel like it would be life-giving if I were to do it now. So um, I, I opened every one of my sessions in this series with a story. Yeah, And I didn't do that this weekend because my st- my sermon was the story, so yeah. I didn't need to do that. But uh, Israel is a, a country that has been attacked from the day they became a country in 1948. Mm-hmm. And um, every time they're attacked, they have to defend themselves. And sometimes they have to get, gain territory. The yeah. Gaza Strip, Golan Heights, the West Bank are all acquired properties and territory because they were attacked by those neighbors okay international law says if you have to capture territory to protect yourself from an aggressor that property becomes yours now the rest of the world says you have to give it back but that's not the real rules of international law well israel they have in their country such a small sliver of people Mm -hmm. that they all have to work together to survive yeah and so you see them have this idea of giving the, the 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 bounty to uh the, the other people of Judah yeah. that David demonstrated. And remember, it said that he put the we're all in this together uh, law in place, and it's still practiced today. Yeah. I see it. Yeah. The level of patriotism in Israel is off the chart. Yeah. And they realize that, let's say, Pastor Alex, you're going to start a house down in an area in the Negev. Yeah. I, as an Israeli neighbor, I will help fund you to live down there to capture more territory for Israel. That's awesome. And um, and so they have to live out what we saw David do in this chapter. Yeah. And it's just amazing. And I was super, super blessed to be a, a part of Israel, you know, go there. Yeah. Um, I helped, my wife and I put a contribution to help do uh, reforestation in the northern oh, part of the yeah. country. Um, and so I have a heart for the, the people of Israel and the Jewish people. Uh, but to see that is being lived out today, yeah. just as it said in the scripture. That is so cool. And, and, you know, even though we would say that's Old Testament, mm-hmm. uh, that's a New Testament principle as well. Absolutely. Right? Yep. When uh, Paul is talking about what tithing should look like, mm-hmm. uh, he talks about how we don't just give a percentage, mm-hmm. but we bring all that we have to each other and yep. we share it. and we All make for it, one yeah. and one for all. That's, that's right. another way of saying what yeah. David said there. And I, I think we see that happen a lot in this church. And I think mm-hmm. uh, people, you know, not every situation obviously is going to be uh, fixed, mm-hmm by somebody in the church, but we have resources. And I, I know that a lot of times I'm on the end of the phone with my wife when she's, uh, she does a lot of the social work for our church and mm-hmm. she talks to people. And, and it's amazing how many resources that we have within our community. Mm-hmm. You know, we're like, oh, you need, okay, we'll send you over there. We got this person that'll help out. Uh, God just seems to be blessing this church because we're doing exactly what what David did. And we're seeing that happen here. And you yeah. know, as a leader are, are helping us move in that direction. But we, we're all constantly saying, you know what, just because we're making gains, maybe as, as a church, mm-hmm. we're all in it together. We're yeah. all a part of this. Yep. And so we see that spreading across all 
the groups of people. And, and God continues to bless that. He's yeah. only going to plant where things are allowed to grow. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Where and the it, soil is healthy. Where the soil is healthy. And if you are, are noticing that happening here, I'm telling you, it's because this place is always moving the direction of uh, planting the way God called us to and, and taking care of it. And I think, you know, going back to rapture ready, I think uh, as we see the end times coming, mm-hmm. we're going to rely upon this more and more where we're going to be there for oh, each yeah. other and the God's going to use us. And we're going to realize that this stuff doesn't belong to me. It belongs to the Lord and I'm going to yeah. freely give it now uh, to help whatever God's doing. Yeah. Amen to that. Well, that's the end of our podcast today. Thank you, Pastor Gary, for your hey, words on that. thank you. That was really good. Uh, and so we're going to be moving into a new series. So don't forget to tell your neighbors. This is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, Pastor Gary always comes with these great titles to uh, catch your attention. So you know what? I would encourage you, don't even tell them anything about it. Just share with them uh-huh. the title of the, the sermon. The title of the message. And just say, come and come and check it out or yep. listen to it on the podcast or listen to it on uh, Facebook Live, whatever it is, but let them know. And again, we ask you to take the challenge with us, the more challenge for the summer, listen to us so that you become more healthy, more inspired by uh, living in the kingdom. And uh, we'll see you next week. We want you to know, find, Discover, change with us. More podcast ending transmission. Now, 